0: Yes, y'all welcome to the first episode of the unconventional Christian podcast show And before we kick off, I like to kick off every single episode with prayer So if you can, not buy your heads, wherever you are Father God, thank you for allowing us to be here Thank you for the opportunity to come here and commune To have this conversation Father God, we ask that you take control of of this show, that you bless us, that you guide us, that you lead us, that you give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding in all we do. And we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What's up, y'all? This is Ron Fazon,
1: representing Team Faison and the Hugh Crew. You are now listening to the Unconventional Christian Podcast.
0: Yeah, so... First episode, and I'm happy to have my friend, my brother, my confidant, my evangelist, (laughs) Brother Ron Faison in the building. Happy
1: to be here. (laughs) Pastor (laughs) Ladoon.
0: And um, before we go into anything, I think I just would love because I can't even try and pretend like I can put all the hats that you wear. Down into one thing. So if you can, just just give me a brief rundown of who Ron Faison is.
1: Um, brief rundown. So um, as we know, over time, hats changed. Things change. So just right now, I'm just Ron Faison, the, the, the advocate for diabetes, and cancer, and um, the, the Hugh crew. Yeah. And um, that's it for now. Mm. I'm sure we'll get into some other stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. So, um, the first thing for me, when I talk about um, meeting you um, from day one, uh, the energy has always been crazy. Um, I don't even think before we realized we were brothers in Christ, but we also um, just bonded on the nightlife aspect. That's, you know, one of the first introductions that um, we've had, you know what I mean, and... For me, I would love to hear how uh, Ron Faison got into the nightlife aspect of things and just to transition to so many roles that you are in now. Okay. Um, so I started
1: out in nightlife by accident, kind of, um, as a, as a youngster, like I went on tour with Kid Capri, DJ Kid Capri at like 14 years old. Um, he moved on my block in Englewood and he took me on a roll because I could play keys. Um, and at the time all the records was everything that was getting placed was sample heavy. Right. So it was like, Yo, Ron, help me recreate this sample so that we could disguise it and not have to pay the whole sample clearance. Mm. So my real start in nightlife started with Kid Capri when I was fourteen. Moving fast forward I was working, um because I could play keys, I ended up being a part of uh shows like concerts. Right. And the production aspects of the concerts. So, um, in 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 the marketing and the promotions of the concerts, I kind of just transitioned into a promoter of you know everything yeah. fun. Right, right. I always right. like to say I was in the business of fun, everything uh, you know, that was fun, hmm. whether it be a bowling party or right. you know a uh, 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 all out party, whatever. Yeah. just whatever was fun.
0: It made sense. So I mean, you touched on briefly your musical bra- background. How mm-hmm. did you get into music? So I, I started playing in church.
1: Um I was playing in church at thirteen. I'll never forget uh the dude that was like the he was over the music department of the church. He left. He just up and left. That happens he, in churches. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> he left and I was thirteen and, and the pastor at the time I was like, Well, it's yours. And from there I started working and I've been like every in and, and when I say playing in church, I mean every aspect of it. Teaching the choirs, given how voice knows every everything, I've been doing that since I was thirteen. Right, literally up until uh, last year when I got sick and I couldn't, I couldn't be at church. Mm. But other than that, I was, I was playing in church, and that's how, you know, um, uh, I started playing, and then um, I moved forward, and I was playing with different
0: artists. Right, people
1: don't know that, but I played with a, a bunch of artists. I've done some touring, some. You know, a little bit of everything.
0: No, Ron, Ron, yeah. Ron's name rings bells across nah. the country. No, nah. I'm getting older, and I don't think people know
1: that. Um, Like, the people who just met me in the last year or so, I don't think they know.
0: Yeah, anything. no, a lot of people don't. A lot of people that, know though. you for the latter part of your life. You know what I mean? And yeah. for me, like, being somebody who grew up in, in art, the arts is an important thing to me, because right. I think that the arts kept me grounded as a person, Um, coming up and just being somebody else who grew up in the hood. um, You know, I went to a Catholic school, but it was a Catholic school dead in the middle of the hood. So it was like, you know, going to a Catholic school at the time, um, I was in a choir, and the choir gave me an opportunity to really tour. You know what I mean? Because we were going to places singing. We were singing at homeless shelters. We were singing at benefits. We were singing at... um, the mayor's events, things of that sort. But, like, I think that music and the, the arts itself um, kept me grounded. You know what I mean? It helped me establish my faith. So for you, coming into, like, uh, being a, a director at such a young age, like, what started, like, what, how did you learn music itself? Like, where was the first, like, start for you? So
1: um, I I'm one of those guys that, they say learn by ear. Mm-hmm. That means you can play something on the radio or whatever. And I can sit down at the keyboard and I can pick it apart. I can play what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's how things started. And you know, over time, of course, you want to be better and you want to learn more. So, uh, b- between mentors and different schools and different things, I've always worked on it. Like I, I play, I play now more more free time now than ever. I play now more than I ever had before. Right. And I I just do it for the love, but I
0: never want to stop learning. Uh, I want to keep growing with that, you know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So after getting to a space now, you're you're, um, you're the choir director, is is that the... Mm -hmm. The fancy term is minister of music. Mm -hmm. And then going from there... um, You've worked with Kid Capri, and now you're in a space where you're in nightlife. Now, being someone like myself who's grown up in church, what's the, what's the, the I want to say, what type of backlash do you think you've had to feel from being someone who's in church? Because being in church is one of those places that can draw you closer to God, and in the same token, can push you far away from God. Yeah, so I, that's a good question. On one side,
1: which was the the street side, um, you know, it was always thank God I've always been around people that always saw something in me, saw some potential. Right. So they was like, "Nah, don't do that." Right. Like, nah, that's that's the church boy. Don't do that. You right. know what I'm saying, and even when I got involved with things that I shouldn't have. It was always someone around that was like
0: him. Right, you let him go too far. You right,
1: know what I'm saying. Um, and then you know I would get teased because uh, my first company uh, and I still have a company named Natural High Entertainment, right? Right. And it was based on the fact that I wouldn't smoke a drink. Mm. Like, I, I grew up with relatives um, who had you know alcohol problems and cocaine problems, whatever. You right. Know what I'm saying. And I always, in my mind, I always thought that it was the substance that made them act that way, right? You know what I'm saying. So I grew up, never wanted to drink, I never wanted to, <laughs> <laughs> never wanted to smoke, never wanted to drink. So the the people that I was around, even when I was on the road, they teased me for a little while, and then they got to a point where they was like, "Nah, he don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. offer him that." You know what I'm saying? So I was able to stand out. In a way that I appreciated because it took some sacrifice. It took, right. it took some snapping on me and all that. Right. Then on the church side, they knew I would I would on certain some days I'd be on tour. I, I would go here and there, and so of course the I, I got side eyes from the church ladies. They like mm-hmm. I would hear everything. You got one foot in 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 the door and mm-hmm. one foot out the door and all that stuff. So um, I had to. I had to tough it out, and and honestly, the things that I I've endured and the things that I've been through in life, uh, that's what really showed what my life is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't really box me in a church or
0: the street. Right. I'm just the unconventional Christian. Unconventional. That's Christian. it. <laughs> <laughs> And, um, you know, one of the big things for me in creating this space, which is um, this podcast, is opportunities to have these uncomfortable conversations about where um, just people's idea of what religion is now. You know what I mean? Because I think for me, one of the biggest things that um, I think that People that, especially people of church, of that do go to church, that should be more focused on building relationships than selling religion. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think the selling of religion is what scares people away. Um, and I think for you, being someone who people consider a light in this world, um, how do you balance that? Like, as far as how do you balance being able to? Um, show people like whose child you are when I say like a child of God, but then also in the same space, you know, people look at you and say, "But well, this is the same person that's out at the parties or he's congregating with whoever, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I, I'm, and I like to think of
0: you in the same
1: vein. Um I think you've done a good job of balancing and being in the world and not being of the world. Um So, it's you know you have to just watch how you live, right um you can't be involved with certain things you like even you know when we do flyers and stuff, you can't put a naked girl on my flyer. Like, right we can't, we can't we can't name this party big booty holes yeah, it can't be that, <laughs> it just can't be that, you know what I'm saying there's a line that I won't cross, and that's because I don't want it to alter how people feel about me. In 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 my life, I don't want the display of my life to show up as something different. Right, you know what I'm saying right. again, um, being in nightlife, I like to think of it as the fun. Right, yeah, some other stuff comes with it sometimes, but that's not what I'm there for. You know what I'm saying? And right. I think being being in those situations where you know we're in the clubs or we're in a place where they're smoking and or, or they're doing something and people being able to see that there is actually a difference in you All right is more important than us going to church every single sunday and rolling around on a carpet and and telling everybody that you know this is what we did on sunday right um the way we live is is a a better example of
0: um of what we are All right if that makes sense All right i mean for me and i think for me also like something i got from the church that i was once in is like you know, I am I am the temple. You know what I mean? I am the church. Right. I haven't actually been in a physical church since March twenty twenty. Crazy. Um crazy world we're in now. But it's you know, one thing it caused me to realize that like as a person of faith, um, that it's important for me to be very centered and focused on who I am and um where I place God within me. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of times people tend to think of God and faith being a place that they go to versus it like dwelling within them. Yes, sir. So I think like the biggest thing now message wise is, you know, we're trying to use this platform to use this place and who we are mm-hmm. um to be able to show people that, you know, you can you can still you can love God and still you know what I mean? You can still be lit at the same time. You know what I mean? I, right. I hate to use such a like urban no, term, I, I but you know, what, you know what I mean? Still you can still be, you know, um you can still be hot and, and, and love God at the same time. Absolutely. Now, something else that I've been um um something else that I've been focusing on right now is that we're looking to um push forward as far as like when it comes to like what we're doing of faith right now. Right. As, as people in the world, what is something that you want your legacy to, um, to say when it comes to who Ron Faison is?
1: You know, um, unfortunately because of the times we're in, Mm -hmm. I've been forced to think about that question more now than ever. Right. Um, as you know, I was in the hospital for, uh, like, four or five months. Okay. And in that time, I had to really, like, I was asking God, like, yo, keep me, I don't think I did enough.
0: Right.
1: Like, I don't think I left that thing that's going to be like, yo, that was wrong. Yeah. And um, and now that people that are passing away more rapidly, and it's, it doesn't matter the age, none of that matters at this point. Like, right. Like, just passing away. It's forced me to really think, like, uh what what do I wanna what do I wanna do that's gonna be that thing or what do what do I want people to remember me for? Right. Um more, more than everything, I want my daughter to be good, you know, she's seventeen now. Uh it's been a tough journey for the whole family.
0: You know? Naya, right? So
1: yeah, Naya. And I uh, um I want to leave uh, a well rounded and grounded young lady. Right. I'm saying that it's, it's, she's gonna represent me when right. I'm no longer here. Um right. as far as work, I'm I I promise you I pray about this every day because when you're when you're in a hospital mm-hmm. and you know, like all you your bank account doesn't matter, oh, yeah. the car outside doesn't matter, how many pairs of sneakers you got, like a lot of things that mattered at one time don't matter at all. Right, right, right. So, like I've been thinking, and and that's an, a, another the Hugh crew is 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 going in that vein too because I, I, not only will it generate money, you know, not it won't only be a monetary thing; it'll be something that people can look at for years and years and years.
0: You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, for me, even before we jump in that, I definitely, so let me backtrack a little bit, because okay. I think I, I definitely want to go step by step. So, okay. in meeting you, uh, one of the first causes that I knew you um, for was diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when were you first diagnosed with diabetes? I was diagnosed with diabetes eight years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: I was 30 years old.
0: 30 years old. Yeah. Um how was it? What was that feeling when you found out that you had diabetes cuz I think that there's a lot of conversation that doesn't happen as black men yeah. or even people in our community when it comes to diabetes. How did you did you was it like one day you just found out or was it like coming up to it was like um generational? So I was I
1: was uh um traveling back and forth to LA and I remember, it was crazy. I, it was Grammy weekend, I was in LA, and there was this fancy water in my room, right? I'm like, yo, I just want that Fiji water just because it's there. Like, I don't really want that, that's, that's expensive water. Like, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I was really thirsty. Right. I was thirsty, and then when I fly from, you know, coast to coast, a long flight, I try to sleep the entire flight. Right. unless I'm working.
0: Right.
1: So I planned to I planned to sleep, but I ended up going back and forth to the bathroom in the airplane. I never use the airplane bathroom. Right. And so when I got back to Jersey, I went to see my pops. My pops, I grew up with my pops having diabetes. Right. In my house. Right? Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Ah oh, man, you know, my you, maybe you need to get checked out." I'm like, "Man, you want you want me to have diabetes because you got that diabetes. I don't have that. You know, as as Christians, we'd be like, nah, I don't got that. Right, <laughs> you know what right, I'm Our right, faith, right. faith be like, absolutely not, I don't have that. But I ended up going to the ER maybe like two days later and my numbers was crazy.
0: That's when they diagnosed me with diabetes. Mm. So at that point in time When you got diagnosed What was like Yeah like I felt How st- did you feel because- I felt
1: stupid I'm gonna tell you why Cause I grew up In a house with a dude That had diabetes And I grew up with Aunties and uncles That had diabetes And In my ignorance This is what I said Yo I'm not gonna get diabetes I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna stay away From all sugar I'm not gonna eat No Jolly Ranchers No Nile no church punch no cake like i had a list of ignorant things that i wanted to stay away from right that made me think in my mind that i'm never going to get diabetes right and nobody no slight them her pops but nobody told me yo the bread is bad the rice is bad the pasta is bad one of my favorite cousins is an italian dude he he always he's a pasta fiend and bagel right. fiend Right. And being around him all the time, I was eating pasta and bagels every day, Right. but staying away from Jolly Ranchers.
0: Right, and you had Jolly Ranchers so I in felt the hospital. St-
1: I felt stupid. I had Jolly Ranchers in the hospital because <laughs> I was trying to man. <laughs> Listen, so right, we not <laughs> go
0: good at right, So I'm, let me stay on course. Go ahead. Um, because I, you know, me being somebody that's been to the hospital, and I, you know, um, thank God I have health care now, but um. For the last two years, in just life of an entrepreneur, like I had, I didn't have um, any healthcare for the yep, eight years prior to that. Yep. You know what I mean? I would go to the doctor and get a physical, but you know, you go to the regular doctor, you get a physical. You're not checking back. It looks like you know when you in your twenties, you're like, "So I don't have AIDS. Right. I don't have uh, any STD. Right, you know, I had I'm good. I'm Great. good. I don't need to worry about nothing else. Like they're like, you want your blood work later so we can tell. No, nah, I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm on top of me being African. I'm like, yeah, you know, Africans we good, we straight, like you know what I mean? But, you know, um, so it's like now mid 30s go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Well, you know, you're you're if you're not careful, you you're in a pre-diabetes area." So, it's like, all right, cool. You know what I'm going to do for the next 6 months? I'm going to work out every day. I'm a I'm going to drink water. I'm not going to drink alcohol. I'm not going to do this. And you go through that whole phase to go back to the doctor, and the doctor is still like, you're still kind of in the pre-diabetes area. <laughs> and it's like one thing in our community we don't realize is like, and when it comes to diabetes, and I'm not even still an expert, I know one thing, though, in your body, if there's something in your body that's not doing the necessary work or doesn't even work anymore, To help process that sugar You're bound to be in that space But instead as a people We choose to just be like ignorant Well I feel good I'm not sick It's the smallest Things now for you what are some of the Signs and symptoms you know as we sit Here and talk that of of things people Should like look out for like when it Comes to um, Diabetes so if you Are uh,
1: In in the range of Pre-diabetes or Diabetes, chances are you will urinate more. You have problems sleeping. Um, if you have a a, a a bruise or something, it'll take a long time to heal. Mm-hmm. Like, those are clear. The, like, this is what we have to do as, oh. as people, period. When we see changes in our body, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If your urine smells a little stronger than it has before, mm-hmm something's going on right you know what i'm saying if 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 you're super thirsty out of the blue then chances are dehydration is a is a clear a, indication what and and people walk around dehydrated and all day. without knowing all of the time
0: it's people walking around with diabetes right now and have no idea they have no clue because they're not um because their bodies haven't shut down yet yep and it just takes one clear weekend for that to happen and we wait for a shutdown a total shutdown instead of saying when we could get the one up on it first and control it the control part is the best part because once you realize you can do the simple things mm -hmm. to make sure and check your blood sugar so you don't have to get to the point where you have to go through dialysis Mm -hmm. and stuff like that now what causes people and it's just me i'm i'm literally these questions i'm asking you because i really don't even know (laughs) for a fact what gets people to the place where they have to go to dialysis
1: uh, when um, when when they can no longer produce the agent that breaks down sugar, your mm-hmm. body no longer produces that. That's when you gotta have dialysis because dialysis, what dialysis does is is filters out your blood. Right. so they literally pump your blood out into this machine and mm. through these filters. Crazy filters and pumps their then blood pump back, the blood into, back into you. And and that's what dialysis is. Woo. And that's why it's so draining. And that's why people, when they have it, most of the times, people have to take dialysis three times a week, four times a week. they be tired, sleepy. It's a lot of work,
0: man. they be drained. A lot of work. You, did you ever have dialysis? No. Okay. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Um. Man, and and you know like for me it's a, this is a big, you know, and as an advocate of dial, of diabetes, what have you done to what what are some things that you do like to help advocate for it? So, um we do a thing, we haven't been able to do it because
1: the, the you know, outside is shut down, but we do a thing called Gym Class Festival. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Gym Class Festival is a day of fun in in the park. Um and when we were younger in, in school, we couldn't wait for recess, especially the guys. The boys, right. we couldn't wait for recess because we could play kickball, dodgeball, flag football, all that stuff, right? I think my favorite game of all time was kickball. Right. I, I used to think I was the greatest kickball dude ever. Me too. You know what I'm saying? So, we got to get a kickball game or something. So gym class festival, what we do is we do everything that you did in recess, but as an adult All Now right. Some people that show up to the gym class festival Still think they are 12 <laughs> So you know They go get a Nike outfit Whatever Under armor They like yo man I'ma kill them in kickball Just like when Back in the day You remember I was nice right 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 And then they get out there And they show their age <laughs> And show everything else And they realize that they're not the same age or your body's different That's me The thing thing is is that um, before we were having fun and we didn't realize it So gym class festival, you're going to have fun and everything but Yeah Tomorrow morning, (laughs) you got to wake up (laughs) Yes sir, you are in for it (laughs) It be people texting me like three days later like, yo, I had a ball but I'm sore My knees, my back but yeah, so that was one of that was the biggest thing we we used to do. We do that. We did we did it every year up until the time when um uh, you know things shut down. I actually got sick and and we weren't able to do it that year. And then the next year was
0: pandemic. So wow. And two two years away. But so now, fast forward, mm-hmm. battling diabetes. Mm-hmm. You're you've. Now you're a, a face for diabetes And you're a, a hero In a sense You know what I mean You're a hero to me Because you know what I mean I see what the work you do I see how much you advocate And how much you put your Your best foot forward When it comes to bringing awareness for it mm-hmm. Then here comes Chapter 2 Chapter 2 chapter Tell two. me about how Chapter 2 Opened up for you So in 2015
1: I started to see like Blemishes on my skin Right And again That's why I'm an advocate for If you see something wrong Right Make sure you go You know Go see what it's about Cause And don't stop Until you really know What it's about I started to see Blemishes on my skin And I started to uh, start to feel like uh, Something was going on mm-hmm. So I started I went to the dermatologist But I thought it was Diabetes related All Right I already had diabetes and um, you know, I just that's that's what I thought it was, and then the blemishes got darker, mm-hmm. spots got larger, and um, i was still going to dermatologists all the way up until um, I had a break where I didn't have insurance, mm. my insurance was bugging out, right. I had no insurance, so in January of 2019, um, that's when insurance started back up. I was like, yo, I'm going to a specialist. Right. So I went to um. I went to the do- a dermatologist, and she did a biopsy. And okay. a month later, she diagnosed me with cancer.
0: Now, I wrote it down. Mycosis fungoides. Fungoides, fungoides. yeah. Okay. Yep. Tell us about that.
1: So mycosis fungoides is a, a blood cancer,
0: actually. Okay.
1: Um, But because... Your blood is in under your skin. It has an effect on your skin, mm. and um, it causes your skin uh, to peel. Right, Some people don't have it as bad. Um, I've I've saw where some some people are able to treat it by uh by by like sun tanning, right, and different stuff like that. But my my
0: case was worse. You, you, they, on a scale of one to ten, like your yours was what? On a scale of one to ten, mine was thirteen. Whew. I mean, I know because you know, you've been to the hospital, you see me. Yeah. I mean, that was that was that was a moment. Why me. you
1: ain't tell me I look like that,
0: man? Cuz that's I, crazy. I'm so happy we could talk about this now, right? We could joke. <laughs> like, like, yo, you going to come up there and not
1: even say like,
0: yo, you kind of look bad, bro. No, nah, no, nah, you know, my man, I love <laughs> you, and my brother. I'm so happy we could joke about this bro, now. Yeah. I came around the corner I said, "Yo, bro." bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah. Going
1: on? A lot of people had that reaction because um you start they, you start joking and I'm like there's a lot that I'm didn't I'm looking at you like oh my there's god there's a lot that we didn't put on social media and that's because uh bec- I I was careful with that because people will see you looking a certain way mm-hmm. and before you know it, what I did not want was somebody to RIP me before I left. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yo, what do you mean? He's, I'm here. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, and I knew that the way things look, mm-hmm. a person with no faith could probably think like, yo, you on the Bro, this I way went out. to the car and I cried. I man. bet. I, I, I don't, I don't doubt that. I uh, cried in the car. I was like my closest friends. You was joking, and I'm like, <laughs> all of my closest friends had the same reaction. It was like, like, whoa! I didn't yeah, know it man. was this, and then. Then yeah. everybody's trying to keep it together for me, so I'm trying to crack some jokes for them, and yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I appreciate the visits for sure.
0: Nah, nah, and 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 I think that for you as a person of faith, do you feel like you had a job moment? Absolutely. Where you were literally sitting there, and do you feel like you you've cursed God in a moment? I haven't cursed God. I I, I haven't. Um, I had
1: some I had some honestly I had some moments that I had some doubt. Like I wasn't sure if I was gonna still be here. Right. I really was like, yo, am I gonna see you tomorrow? Right. Like and that's a sobering moment. Like right. you're like, oh man, like this is the way I'm going out. Right. But um yeah, man, God did it. And I think this is what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful because Things were so bad That A man A natural man Can't take credit for Right Where I came from Right You know what I'm saying right. Like can't no doctor be like Yeah you know We brought homie out You know he looked bad Can't no doctor do that Right I go to my doctors now And they're like Oh my goodness
0: Things turned around for you What happened Right I mean I think that you know we all think we are of faith, and we think we have faith until we're tested. You know you what mean? I mean the real test of faith, you know what I mean, and I'm still fearful of the time when my test my faith will be tested again because we have levels in our life where we think we've seen the worst, and you know um right. these are times when you like you get to question. You get to really see what you're made of. Yeah, you know what I mean? For sure. Um, and I think that as a man of Christ, a person who is a father, a black man, somebody who's dealt with diabetes and now dealing with this, um, I I, I understand. I don't I understand why some people lose faith. So I think that being a person of faith, being somebody who's Who's gone through diabetes Who's a black man Who's a father Um Going through these moments Like what What is your why In these moments (laughs) It's It's Super easy to say Why me Mm
1: -hmm. Like Why me But then It's also super easy To say why not you Right Um I think I think sometimes Um being a person that God has placed in, in, you know, a world to, to be, uh, I don't, I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant or anything, but to place to be, uh, popular or a, a person that is, uh, a leader right. at times and, and a person
0: who's a likable person. Right. Um, I think
1: all of that was like the setup.
0: right its right. It is right. Cause it, it's, I think and it's, it's you know even being in that space you still could have been you still could have been broken you know I was, hold, not wait. to say that you weren't broken cuz I was <laughs> yeah but I you was. could have folded publicly yeah like you may have battled internally cuz a lot of people don't know the story of Job mm-hmm. and you know maybe sometimes with this podcast hopefully we can give people an opportunity to look up the story of Job right you know what I mean um the story of Job is a man who um, God loves, and he loves God, and 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 the devil comes and says that I can make Jer- Job co- curse your name. Mm-hmm. So in the story, um, it starts with his kids all being killed at one time, Crazy. his whole um, his business, his houses, everything destroyed. Then he has leprosy on his skin. And his friends are like his wife specifically says to him, "Why don't you curse god yeah. and you know anybody who's watching this soon knows the Bible, and I may have said one of these wrong, but um when I say your why in that moment like what what fuels your 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 faith in God like what in your in your private time, what is your why with god i the thing that fuels the thing that fuels my faith in
1: god is my trust in god and i've watched god do it before mm-hmm. and i watched him do it in my life not not to this capacity right but there was enough there to make me say like yo in and keeping it real that's all i had right all i could do is hold on to my faith in god because right. There was literally, yo. I was Job, All Right. and I'm still healing. I'm still working my way back, and God is still doing what He has to do. But yo, I was I was absolutely Job, and and I would see doubt on people's face, right. and I I noticed the tone of like some people how they talk to me. It would change. Like people started to treat me like I was on my way out.
0: All right. No, I know. I probably was one of the people. I'm like,
1: what? Y'all gonna give up on me? But I had a strong core. You know, my family was there. Yo, my father is a pastor for people that don't know. And my father, this dude never missed a hospital day. The entire time. Right. It didn't matter if he had to preach, if he had to go do a funeral or a wedding or whatever. Mm -hmm. He never missed a day at the hospital. Right. And... Seeing him there every day. Seeing him there every day. Oh God. Seeing him there every day. Um. Sorry, and, y'all. <laughs> and having you know strong family. Um. Who had unshakable faith. I mean, if 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 the anything was off balance, if their foundation was was off. All right. I didn't see it. I never did. Mm. You know. We had days where we'd be in the hospital crying and everything, but we always trusted that God would do it. Right, right. And and he's doing it still.
0: And I think that it takes really like to have your own relationship with God because a lot of people, I think a lot of people don't have their own relationship with God. What they do have is a relationship with the God that their parents told them about. Mm And they have a relationship with the God from Instagram. They have a relationship with the God that they know is popular. Mm-hmm. But to have your own personal relationship with God is where is where faith begins. For because sure. I think that not having your own personal relationship with God, when you go through trials and tribulations... It's really your wake up call to see where your faith is. Yeah. What happens when you go through the worst when something bad happens. What's the first thing you do? Do you call somebody and you ask them right. for their opinion on what to do, or do you talk to God first? Yep. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of people don't have that specific one on one with God I agree. you know what I mean because that's where faith begins like that's where things like that's that's plaguing our society right now, like um anxiety and um and just being overwhelmed, yeah. and all the mental health depression, everything that 's that right now that people are dealing with they don 't have a specific relationship with God, so I think that really causes this um disconnect now mm-hmm. that 's why people are so quick to run from faith and to run from religion, whether it be islamic whether you 're uh, Christian, whatever people run from faith when things go wrong because they you know they don't have their own personal relationship with god because if you know the god that we know then you know regardless god's gonna come through mm-hmm. you know what i mean and don't get me wrong i understand why people question because they know people have had solid relationships with god and still have passed on yeah but everything ha- if you know everything happens for a reason and you also know that god won't hold any good thing from you, you know he'll get you through I think that um that's a major um that's a major key nowadays. I agree. Now, even now in this space um that where you are, um what's fueling you now as a father? Like how does like getting through like what's your 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 why now as far as like going forward with with being Ron, being Naya's father, being this advocate for cancer, being this advocate for diabetes, um, what do you think that as a culture, because I think as a community, all these issues that you're you're dealing with, being a black man, being a black father, being a black father to a woman, being somebody who's um, dealing with all of these things, it's like to me, I look at it like this is God, you know, putting this mantle on you and saying, hey, I want you to bring this awareness. Because I think a lot of things that we're talking about here, why black people don't have health insurance, why people, black people don't have life insurance. We don't have these things. It's necessary to bring this awareness, to have these conversations. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to. Put that on you, because I know you already have a lot, but it's true. (laughs) That's on us. Because it's real. We don't have these, we as black people don't have these conversations with our family members. Why it's important to have life insurance? Why it's important to go out your way to figure out what you're going to do for health care? I mean, it's Mm -hmm. tough. We're we're at a disadvantage, but just because we're at a disadvantage does not mean that we can't work on creating generational wealth for our families. I agree. You know what I mean? And... Even now, like, talk, speaking of generational wealth, I know with the Hugh Crew, you know what I mean? Speaking of that, tell tell us a little bit about the Hugh Crew.
1: So the Hugh Crew came about um, because literally the short version is this. I was watching YouTube with my nephew, mm-hmm. and I realized um, the content that he was watching, which was educational content, it was kind of cheesy. You know what I'm saying? The music was weak. It wasn't the hip-hop that I know. Um it wasn't the R&B That I know But you could tell It was trying They were trying To portray that They wanted to be that mm-hmm. And then The the More importantly More importantly um, There were no people of color In any prominent roles In any of the The cartoons In the content Right So The, the teacher Wasn't black The 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 po- Police officer Wasn't Spanish Like Right. Nobody. It was all Caucasian, and there was literally like maybe like an Indian girl in the classroom, right. and maybe a, another uh, little boy in on the bus that looked like he was a little darker than everybody else. But right. there were n- there was no representation of us. So the Q crew was created to d- diversify the, uh, the the educational content. Right And to give every child An opportunity to learn From someone that looked like them Right, right. That's the Hue crew um, And You know I I, I started that Hue crew Situation um, Because I know there's a huge void For that Right But that plays in our minds Early Like you know If our kids are watching And seeing Always seeing You know what our kids get to see They get to see uh, us getting locked up on TV,
0: on the news all the time.
1: Locked up on the news. They see us getting.
0: See us on cops. Yeah,
1: first 48. You know, every <laughs> that's what our kids are watching while we're watching. And then on the flip side, they seeing a a, a Caucasian man be the teacher right. or the doctor
0: or the owner of a company and yeah, and you see these white these you know and it's, it's you see the white heroes. And um, then you see the black villains. Right. So that's why uh, we created the Hugh Crew to, um,
1: to give us something else. To and check. I think it starts from young. All right. You know what I'm saying? We be, I know parents who be like, nah, they ain't paying attention to they 13. That's right. false. That's so, false. If it's something you watch all the time, um, the theme music to a show or something like that, a kid can recite that stuff at four. And five years old, three years old, even. At right. Time. So, that's what the Hugh crew is about.
0: Fire, fire. Cool. So now, the Hugh Crew. What's next for the Hugh Crew? So the Hugh Crew, um, we're, we're just producing
1: more content. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the name of the game. How many of, people? Everything involved right it? now. Um, just a few. Me. Um, I have partners. Uh, Eric Hall, who is the the voice behind everything. He's a songwriter, producer. Fire. And um, uh, a a good friend of mine by the name of Frank Brown, who who's
0: he keeps us in line.
1: Older okay. gentleman, big bro. He he's yeah. the driving force.
0: Fire. Now the last part that I wanted to touch on also is something that you know I haven't gotten into, but um, in due time I will be. You know, mm. I don't have any bling in my life right now, but you <laughs> know, um. <laughs> Sometime this year, I'll be getting a Rolex, you know. Um, uh-huh. And I'll probably have to come to, uh, holla at you for that. That'd be an amazing gift. That would be an amazing gift. Yeah. <clears throat> gift. <laughs> 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 nah, we're just saying that because of people that are in the studio right now. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Um, how did you get into uh, jewelry? So, um,
1: I knew these jewelers for Probably 20 years. All right. They're actually Kid Capri's Jewelers. Okay. So I knew them for a long time. And, and uh, once we got into social media, mm-hmm. they, they started to see my influence on social media. So they asked me to come in and partner with them right. on, on, on the marketing side of things. Okay. But things were going so well that, you know, they like, yo, come really rock with us. All and right. they gave me an opportunity to be a part of Jewelry Store. And um, and so when I post the jewelry, that's that's what that is.
0: Okay. Yep. So, you know, in 2021 as a community, what is your suggestion for for people of color when it comes to jewelry? Like, Ooh. what are the pieces that you think we should stay away from and pieces that you think are, you know, besides we know the fact that Rolexes are timeless pieces. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't lose value, but... What other piece, is there any other pieces that people should focus on? Well, I now? think I think people um
1: people should do their research because there's there are a lot of brands that are like that, but you know the urban community just doesn't just doesn't know. Right, right. now, a good investment is is gold. Gold. Period. Gold. Period. They even have places where you could buy blocks of gold mm. and put them in safe boxes.
0: How much is a block of gold?
1: Uh, I don't know what it is today, but they it's it's per gram, so it'll be it'll be like maybe thirty dollars a gram or something like that. It's just like a do, just do like Cubans a
0: lose, uh Cubans lose No, because value? they're 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 heavy gold. You know, right. if, if you can get a, a
1: a Cuban and stay away from like a lot of extra indentations and, and make sure it's not hollow. Mm-hmm. There's some dudes that got the hollow chains on, mm. but if you got a heavy Cuban, like at any given time, you can go in and sell. You could sell it back to us and get whatever, depending on the
0: weight. Fire. Nice. Well, you know, uh, sh- one of these days I'm uh, gonna come <laughs> see you for a Rolex. But um, me too. Let's let's do Rolexes this year. <laughs> man. Um, if you had to, if. This was your moment to sum up who and what Ron Faison, Ron Faison's legacy is to the world. And you had to say it like, what would you, what would you want the world to know about Ron Faison and what your mission is now? After everything you've been through, what's your mission now on this earth?
1: After all that I've been through. um, It it may sound cliche, but my only, my really only thing that I want to leave here is the way I live. And really just, I really want to be the best light I can be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I want to be the light that's in the gutter. Right. Like, put me in the strip club. Right. Or put me... Like somebody gonna laugh at that, but
0: no, I mean, I I know put, put I am somebody in the, That's why it's been unconventional Christian for yes, me. me because in the I gutter. am the person that goes that that's gone to the strip club and I'm walking past and the stripper's like, "Oh my God, Ladone, mm-hmm. what church you going to tomorrow?" Right. <laughs> and it may seem weird, but <laughs> it you know, sounds crazy. If, but you're,
1: people are not experiencing that and they don't they never been through that. They don't think it happens, but it really does. Like you know. Like you have Teach Me Tuesdays and some other stuff. It's people, I'm sure your views on Tuesdays are crazy because people look forward to you giving them, some. for some people, we're the only light they're going to see. Right, right. They're not right. going to church ever. and that's They it. don't believe in a televangelist. They don't believe in that stuff. And
0: and that's real so because you realize that sometimes in life you're, like they said, there's a saying somewhere that says, in, in life sometimes you're the only Bible someone's going to ever read. You know what I mean. So, what I is be your... the
1: best Bible that I can be
0: but when when I get around my friends
1: uh, and, and you know my day one friends when it's time to pray, they they ask me to pray. Right. You know what I'm saying. I like holding that, like I like being the guy that re- they rely on. So I want to live in a way that nothing tarnishes that. Right. You know what I'm saying. And I want to be able to continue to put me on the block, like put me. You know what I'm saying. Send oh, yeah. me pastor the, the knucklehead That don't listen to nobody Right, right When right. my My rapper friends They get stressed out They don't call a pastor Right They ask me to pray for them And I love being That person You know what I'm saying Yeah So For whatever time I got left Whatever it is I want to be the best light That I can be On this
0: earth Cause right now We need it man We need it We need it Well Look man I thank you for being the first person, first guest. think I'm going a, I'm a, to put that in my, my <laughs> IG bio or something, man. <laughs> on the first guest on the Unconventional Christian Podcast thank show. Thank you for having me, bro. bro. I love you. I love you, too, I thank too, man. you for being a light, and I thank you for always being accountable with me.
1: Uh, Pastor Ladoon.
0: Evangelist Faison. Yo, I, real quick, um, before, I remember...
1: Before I went like public with the cancer thing and um I saw Ladoon, we were at a brunch. It's crazy. It's people standing on couches and bottle popping and everything all over. This the brunch was crazy, right? I'm walking through and I was trying to get a moment with Ladoon to tell him um in his face because I didn't want it to be a matter of, yo, you finding out another way. And I remember telling him like, yo, Yo doom. They diagnosed me with cancer. And he grabbed me and hugged me. I'm like, oh man, this guy's gonna break down in the in the party. Like, yo, he ain't doing it. Like, come on, don't do that. So he 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 let up. I'm like, yo, we gonna be alright, man. You don't don't cry. We all right. he was like, Man, I ain't crying. I was praying. <laughs> A moment I'll never forget is the dude that I appreciate. I
0: love you, man. I really mean that. Yeah, I love you too, bro. And I appreciate the light that you uh, bring to me and the world. Thank you, brother. brother. Peace.